Night gathers, and now my rewatch begins. Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grandex Media. This is our third podcast as Lords and Lady Commanders of the Night's Rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Ross Bullen, and I'm here with Veronica Rook. Hello, everyone. And Barrett Dudley. How um, is your week going, guys? <laughs> Well, well, it's we're Monday, like, we're like so four hours it into it. It's, it's pretty much that long. It's pretty much just started. Too soon to tell. Some yeah. some might say it, it has just started. But now it's that we're here, done. sitting down to talk about season one, episode three, Lord Snow. Lord Snow. Lord I think Snow. the week is looking up. Well, why don't you tell us where <laughs> you can be followed on social media, Barrett? I can be followed at Barrett Dudley on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I achieved two milestones on the gram this weekend. Ooh. I got my first post over 200 likes. It also went over 300 likes. So I just, wow. I, I killed two birds with one stone. It was, that's, that's it was huge for me. It was huge. What was it? It, it was the, the picture of like the Grand, Grand X Dude Squad minus Micah. Oh, yeah. Um, I <laughs> also hit an Instagram milestone this week. And it was a thousand likes. Oh. Wow, wow, no. wow. That's been, that's huge. I I was, I've been hoping that was my only goal for this year, Must and be also nice. to get more Instagram okay. followers than Ross. So yeah, so so after Insta-goals. after hearing that, everybody, <laughs> please go unfollow Veronica <laughs> and move that follow over to me. Thank you. Don't unfollow me. <laughs> now we're campaigning against each other on Instagram. <laughs> no, we need to unite. Veronica, we work together. a thousand likes. God, I mean, greedy much. Where can you be followed on the internet? Uh, at Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H, on Twitter and Instagram, where you will see my 100 like posts. 1,000. 1,000. You're right. 1,000. Ooh, 1,015 now. Mm-hmm. And uh, VM Ruck on Snapchat. Yeah, that's great. All right. You can follow <laughs> the podcast on Instagram. The podcast being Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Uh, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. There's no and. Just at Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram. We put up all kinds of great Game of Thrones memes, jokes, all the laughter on there. It's just just great. Good times. And on Twitter, at Clams and Cockles. Also like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. That's how you get there. Uh, you can follow me on everything at WR Bolin. This is Ross. I don't know if you can't determine my voice by now. This is me. <laughs> at WR Bolin. Our hotline. The number is 866-43-CLAMS. We are not doing Thursday episodes anymore. We are just doing Monday episodes for the night's rewatch. But we will be listening to your hotline calls and playing ones that are pertinent and or relevant and or that correct us and need addressing. 866-43-CLAMS is that hotline number. We will play the calls that we feel necessary. Uh, we've got shirts. If you go to grandexshop.com slash OCC, we've got shirts. Some of them say things like chaos is or, or there's just a ladder and then it says chaos under it. 
which, you know, because chaos is a ladder. Then there's a bunch of podcast-themed ones with, like, a clam and, and shit. One's a, got a, f- a flame emoji, and it says Jakaris. That's cool. Yeah. And there's, there's sweaters and shit now for, for when it gets a little colder here soon that say party like Tyrion, slay like Daenerys, or just the chaos is a ladder thing, or oysters, and we got phone cases. There's all kinds of good shit on there. Grandexshop.com slash OCC. Buy yourself some merch. Support the pod. Do you want to work with us? We've got some great seasonal jobs opening up at Grand X. You can earn some extra holiday cash, work nights and weekends, whatever. More info will be on grandex.co, not .com. Nobody knows why. Don't ask questions. Grandex.co. Now, let's get into Lord Snow, third episode from season one, written by Benioff and Weiss, and directed by Brian Kirk. Who that? He did three episodes in a row. This one, the next one, which is called Cripples, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things, and then the next one, The Wolf and the Lion. He and, then was he, and then was he ever heard from again? And then, he would, and then he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. This is a common theme for season yeah. one, it yeah. seems. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because like, you're just in there and you're just getting browbeaten by Benioff and Weiss, and then um, you get in as many as you can, and then once you're sick of them... I felt like this one had a kind of... Uh, I, I could I could almost like feel that this was a different director on this one. Yeah, it it, was, it had some like some different type of like stylistic stylistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed, I agree. I yeah. concur. I second that notion. Yeah, well, I let's seconded it. You thirded it. Or whatever. <laughs> let's let's get started with uh, some King's Landing action. Ned and the whole gang that traveled from Winterfell arrives in King's Landing, and he immediately has to go to a small council meeting. No time to settle in. Ned, this little just the very opening scene of this episode where they're like, you know, strolling in on the horses and like it's it's we talked a little bit about this during uh, season seven, but it's like we saw so much more of the world in the early seasons. And it was really, really fun to like get all this like world building and like see different parts of the castle and like yeah. right. we're all over the place different in King's settings. Landing. Yeah. There's, there's areas a lot in of this one that we never see again. There's yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. tons of peripheral characters around. There's just like there's so there's so much basically. And it's really everything's just so new and fresh. It was that, that was just a lot of fun. And like one of the reasons why these early seasons were so good is 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 because, you know, they did good, such a good job I of just like just a lot of that stuff made it feel more I don't want to say realistic, but realistic. Like <laughs> I don't know, like that. This is how these people would re- react and like be, and like what the scenery would look like if it was real. Like, obviously, sure. there's no dragons and shit, but sure, IRL. It's the honeymoon phase mm. of Thrones. Mm. That's where we're at. Uh, goes straight to this this small council meeting. On the way, he runs into Jamie, and I don't know what the the precedent is for these two to despise each other as much as they do if it's just reputational if it's a result of their interactions back during robert's rebellion but they don't like each other at all and i mean and robert doesn't like him at all either so it's you know to be fair robert doesn't really like anyone except ned but yes no he doesn't i feel like they just kind of this makes no like bro code a little this makes no sense to me and, and and even like i know that like okay so ned is Ned is wary of the Lannisters at this point. Yes. Right. But they seem to have this like tension built up from earlier times as well. Right. And but like a lot. It's heavy. It's confusing to me because 
like Jamie's got a point. Like he killed the king that killed Ned's dad and brother by yeah. burning them alive. Yeah. Like he was at the end of the day, he was part of the team that got Robert on the throne, which is what Ned was fighting for. I feel like so, we talked about this a little bit last week that like why were they so pissed that he slayed the king? I still don't Yeah, and it's like I Ned still, still holds it, it against him. It's like, well, you were I'm, gonna have to I kill mean, him was, at some it point. It was dishonorable, I suppose. It's part of the like, yeah, he took an oath, Ned is Mr. Oath, Mr. Honorable, Mr. But you no, it it's come on. Like let's come on. Get a Ned. grip, man. But he but then he, he even asks him, he was like, Did you do anything about about when the Mad King killed my brother and and dad, and he was like, like, "No, none of us did." Five hundred men. Didn't so what? Do you didn't want him to keep his oath then, but you did want him to keep it at the end of the rebellion. Like I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like an unjustified yeah. level of hate. I agree. I feel like he's being a little bitch. Now, granted, we haven't seen everything that ever played out with them, and yeah. maybe there's some other piece to it that book readers can fill us in on. Book readers who are have good memories. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I don't uh, know why you're saying book readers? Like you're not a book reader. At this point, I don't think book readers would consider me a book reader, even though I read the books. <laughs> yeah. So fuck it, I'm just one of y'all now. Yeah, or I feel like you're right on that. Yeah. Anyway, they get into this this little back and forth. Uh, Jamie drops a good a good little the king shits and the hand wipes, mm. which great humorous little line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he moves makes his way on to. The small council meeting. Small council is made up of a shockingly important number of characters. Yes, this was a ama- this was incredible. Like back back when you're watching season one for the first time, you don't really think much of it. But well, it's they're all like invisible people at that point. You just met them, or yeah, like you don't even who know who some of them are. But yeah, so made up of Ned, Littlefinger, Varys, Rinley Baratheon, and Grandmaster Pycelle. Major players at one table. And there's yep. a lot of dialogue here that's like real quick and back and forth. It's like filling you in on like little mini pieces of backstory. Yeah, yeah. And like it is it's wild how much is going on right here in this. This. Yeah. This is a this is scene. a part of the season or, or the show in general at the beginning where I think a lot of people that are idiots got lost <laughs> and quit and never went back because there's a lot of information to absorb. Mm. There's a lot of assumptions you have to make a lot of things you have to read a little deeper into than just like surface level. And you kind of have to hang on and be, and be down for the ride because you're not going to get explanations about everything. Yeah. I feel like when I had those moments early on, I just ignored it. I was like, well, whatever. I don't get it. But yeah, fuck it. I'll get it again. Little finger also is looking mighty young. He's in season one. He's he trim. He's trim. He's more trim. He's, he's not so gray. He's a yeah. lot less gray. Yeah. Maybe his hair is colored even. I'm not sure. And also there's been some talk. I've heard some some stuff on the internet about how he just like throughout this throughout the seasons he kind of changes his voice like six different times. Really? Yeah. So if you listen, it's kind of uh, sometimes it's more exaggerated yeah, than yeah. others. Less of yeah. that, like I can't even pretend to, I was gonna pretend to try to do it. Try to do a little finger. How do you what do you I, I don't even know. Do it, do it. I'd have to think Let's of hear a line. Give Let's me hear a the word. Impression. Yeah, Let's I need to think impression. of a word. Do the chaos is a ladder. Chaos is in a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I can't. You do it. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna do it. How does he say it? You do. I can you only. I can only fair, do. You would be good. I can only do things unprompted. Chaos isn't a pit. <laughs> it's a ladder. Chaos <laughs> is a ladder. Yeah. I don't know. Now I feel like we're terrible. No, yeah. We're no, real yeah, we're bad, bad at it. It's okay. not great. That's okay. Anyway, point being, crazy, crazy important small council. Uh, Robert doesn't even attend the meeting. No. Can't be bothered with his winching and boozing, whatever he's doing. 
Uh, you doing a bit of boozing? Ned gets his hand of the kingpin from Pycelle, and we f- and Ned finds out. We find out. We all find out that the kingdom is essentially bankrupt, in terrible financial shape. Six million golden dragons worth of debt. Whatever that conversion rate is, I'm not sure. <laughs> Converts to uh, like about 1.3 American dollars per gold dragon. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much like the pound. We find out that much <laughs> of this debt is owed to the Lannister family, to Tywin. He's been backing the crown. Uh, oh, it's owed to him. Yes, he's the one who has been loaning them money. When Littlefinger, mm. well, when the crown decides they need more money for something, Littlefinger goes to Tywin. And it kind of spells out the relationship that Littlefinger is, pl- you know, he's a go-between for the crown and the, what is arguably the most powerful man in the realm. I don't understand where the money comes this is probably just that I don't really understand I think it's economics. Just, it's literal gold, like actual gold at this right, point. Like right. it's all gold back. So he has all of this gold in different places. Okay. Presumably much of it is in like, how do you Casterly make Rock. money? Yeah. You uh you need gold. You, you you own the land where all of the gold is. Okay. Yeah. 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 But uh anyway, it alludes to Tywin kind of being this this power player that we haven't met yet. It's off doing whatever the fuck he's doing. And uh, that's that. Then we have a meeting where, or not a meeting, but Cersei and Joffrey are interacting with each other, and and, and she is. It's so weird to see Cersei in like motherly mode still, mm-hmm. having now seen her completely broken away from that, obviously. Yeah. In season seven, but she tells Joffrey, "Someday you'll sit on the throne, and the truth will be what you make it." We kind of. There's a lot more background given to why Joffrey is such a piece of shit because he is so incredibly spoiled. And so, yeah. the whole dialogue that she spits to him about how he can have whatever he wants, basically, like, if you want to fuck painted yeah, whores, Yeah, a little, little weird to hear her tell her son yes. that he can fuck painted whores if he wants to fuck painted whores. The very first time I saw that scene, I was like, wow. Question, what is okay. a painted whore? Anyone? I, I think, think she just means like with like I a lot of like makeup. I think it's like a seasoned whore. Just, oh, makeup. Ah. I thought it was just like like a veteran whore. Yeah, that's what I not took a it, But I like I like this just a lot of makeup. I think I think painted is like a you know fancy done up. up done up. Whore. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. Painted whores. Anyway, or never virgins. heard that before or since this episode. Never never heard it used before. Or virgins, noble virgins, not just any virgins. Or he, noble can, have, he virgins. can have painted whores, or he can have noble virgins, right? Nothing in between. Yeah. Anything. Anything he wants. Any hole. What? Uh. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> then she also gives him the anyone who isn't, everyone who isn't does is an enemy. Mm-hmm. So she's got that. She's got Cersei Edge for sure. She is. We also have the first line where she says, she's talking about Sansa. She's very young, she's very beautiful. This is, I feel like what's always been in her head. This young, beautiful bitch. That she might be, the, her. might be the replacement. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah, she's prudent, you know, talking about how you can't just go bully the Norths into like yeah. She right. has the she's wherewithal smart. to not be insane back then. Yeah, yeah. And she, but she's also terrible still. As still well. terrible. Yeah, still terrible. Morally corrupt. Not as terrible as more she mentally becomes. sound than than she is these yes. days. Uh, we have a scene where Arya is just repeatedly stabbing a table in frustration, and uh, we've all been there, huh? Says that she's <laughs> practicing for the prince, meaning Joffrey. Which pretty much every scene with Arya, I feel like we get in the next several seasons is just going to be alluding to what she eventually becomes. Every scene so far, 
She's stabbing things. She's sword fighting. She's refusing to be a little lady. She wants to be a boy. She wants to be a badass. Whatever. Like, it just... I just feel like it's going to get so repetitive. But I'm going to keep saying it. Whatever. We find out the butcher's boy's name was Micah. Which is funny to me. Because he's dead. (laughs) And our producer's name is Micah. That is true. Shout out to producer Micah. Dragon. A.K.A. the butcher's boy. (laughs) He is also a butcher's boy. I will be calling Micah the butcher's boy henceforth. To be clear, Butcher's boy. To be clear, the Micah in the show is Micah with a Y. Because you can't spell anything normally. In Kevin with an A. Yes, in Game of Thrones. Question, why is Arya even in King's Landing? That's Here's a great question. The reason I ask. The boys didn't go. We know why Sansa went, because Sansa, because she's promised to Joffrey. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ned is hand of the king. He has to be there. But why the hell is Arya there? No explanation. None. Anyone. Bueller. Uh, no. Nope. Fuck it. Somebody well, knows, please tell us. There's got to be a reason. There must be a reason. Maybe to just, like, uh, <coughs> you know, get all ladied up over there. Yeah. Learn I th- some I, lady skills. I think that's it. I think that's it. But, w- but w- well, let's note the great line that Ned has there and has here that war was easier than daughters. Yes. Oh, I know. That was cute. <laughs> Um, I pictured my dad being like, <laughs> yeah, it's a great, <laughs> fantastic dad line. Yeah, great dad line. Yeah. And uh, and and then in this next scene with Arya, you know, that's I'm, I'm I was kind of wondering the same the same thing here. Like, he knows they're in a dangerous place, a it, very it, dangerous place. Yeah, you you can sense, and Ned can clearly sense that like bad shit is on the way. Yeah, uh, to a great degree, not just winter. Like in general, he you can tell he knows. Like, yeah. Oh, this is all. This yeah. is all. I'm gonna die here. Pr- yeah. It does feel. <laughs> it does. It, it definitely like. feels that way with the hindsight. A lot of foreboding. And then Art and they get to talking about Joffrey and and Ned explains why Sansa couldn't tell the truth in that situation, which is important because we du- we ripped on her yeah. a little bit last week. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you did. That's that's true. But we did. And and here <laughs> Ned basically says, you know, like. She can't betray him. She has to say he's right, even Which if she's legit. wrong. And Arya says, "Why would you let her marry somebody like that?" And Very I think that's question. a great question. Yeah, he doesn't have a. Good, I mean, I think I, it's kind of the same reason though that he agreed to become the hands when he didn't want to. Like, you don't really say no to that. If the king's like, "Yo, I want you to be in my hands, and I want your daughter to marry my son," you're kind of like. Well, yeah, okay. Guess yeah, but happening. he should have been like, nah, I'm good up here in the north. You can find somebody else. I think the general implication is that he feared the ramifications for refusing Robert That's in either in too. either department would result in like very, very serious events. Especially what's he supposed to say as, like on in refusing? I, mean, I feel like he could have like a legit reason. You know he could have I mean? a legit reason for saying, I need to stay up here, I need to be in Winterfell. But what reason could he possibly give? I, d- I just don't want Sansa to marry Joffrey. Right. I just don't right. want her to be the queen. Like, without saying, hey, yeah, I know we're bros, but I think your son's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to... There's no answer. Either Refusing either yeah. would be a serious insult. I think so, too. I think he just... Couldn't really say no. Hands hands tied behind his back in both instances, and I, and it's it sucks because you can sense that he knows that. Like he's just like, oh god, like he knows Joffrey is a little piece. He's not team Joffrey. I don't by think any he means. realized how terrible Joffrey was. Nobody nobody did. Yeah, and I, I think. think 
in but he theory, knows he's a it's brat. a good move for it, without knowing that he becomes like vindictive and abusive. Then it seems like a good, you know what? Yeah, that would be cool for her. She's going to be queen. Like that's dope for my daughter. Right. Because even if all he knows is, I mean, like what? The only evidence we have of anything or that anyone has of anything of Joffrey being shitty so far is that he's like a little prick. Yeah. He like, what does Ned know? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like he doesn't right, know right. he's done anything truly evil. Okay. Right. So it's like, I could see as a dad being like, oh God, this kid kind of sucks. But like, you know, he's like 13 or something. Maybe he'll grow up to be less yeah. shitty. Who knows? Anyway. But yes, it is a very good point. It's like Ned's putting both of his daughters in a very precarious situation here. One mm-hmm. of them is being married to a not so great kid under weird circumstances, all of which is under this like dark cloud of suspicion that Ned has that a lot of stuff is going awry here in, in King's Landing. And the other, we don't even know why she's there. She just along you know for the lady I, ride. I, you know what I also think is that uh, Arya's kind of the only other kid that could have come with him. Uh, I get it, like Rob, sisters Rob to stick together. To, but Rob has to stay in Winterfell because he's like kind of training to be the Lord of Winterfell. Bran's in the coma. Rickon is six. Yeah. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he took all of his eligible children with him. Yeah. Maybe. And the sisters know. stick together. Yeah. I, get, I get the girls like wanting to whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Theoretically, it makes sense. Um, Ned catches Arya playing with. Or I, he doesn't really catch her. I guess she answers the door with needle in her hand, almost like she wanted to be caught with it. And he says, "Little ladies shouldn't play with swords." She says, "I wasn't playing. I don't want to be a lady." Just more reinforcement. Uh, at one point, he says, "If you're going to own a sword, you better know how to use it," which of course alludes to the end of the episode that we'll get to later on. But uh, the other good line from him, from Ned to Arya that I liked was, you were born in the long summer, you've never known anything else, but now winter is truly coming, and in the winter we must protect ourselves, look after one another, Sansa is your sister. It's just when he's explaining to her, like, why they can't not get along, and, and Arya goes so far as to respond with, I don't hate her, not really. There was a ton in this episode that comes back, like, dire- that, mm-hmm. like directly foreshadows season seven. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And it, all three episodes especially. so far, but yeah, this one has a this, lot. This uh, this one I felt especially. I mean, we'll get we'll get some some more stuff. Yeah, that, that, yeah. You can especially support this podcast by checking out manoutfitters.com. If you're wondering what Man Outfitters is, if you're a new listener, if you've never heard us explain it before, Man Outfitters is a premium menswear outlet. We curate the best products from the best brands, uh, so that you don't have to shop so hard to get great stuff. Uh, super user-friendly shopping experience. We've got an app you can download in the App Store. Just search for Man Outfitters. In fact, in the app right now, the Man Outfitters app has exclusive sales. Some stuff is up to 50% off or more. Oh, wow. Uh, including a lot of Vineyard Vine stuff, which, as we all know, is a very oh, wow. expensive, high-quality brand. Tons of stuff on sale on the Man Outfitters app. Uh, you can also just get 10% off your order if you want to use the website or tack it on to the in-app sales by using the code DRAGON at checkout. Butcher's boy. Get yes. on the mic. Yes, 10% off. Dragon. dragon. Thank, Thank you. you. Dragon. Yeah, there you go. Thank there you, you go, Butcher's, Butcher's boy. boy. Thank you. <laughs> I like to, I just got on the app. I just I just whipped out my phone and pulled up the Man Outfitters app right now. And I, Whip it I, out. I just clicked always on new. There's like a little button on the bottom of the app that says new. I enjoy that tab. You get to see everything that is just arrived basically and there's new stuff regularly at least once a week usually more than once a week uh there are some new saucony sneakers on here 
the uppers are like. Is that how you say it? I say Saucony. I've never said that word out loud. Is it Saucony? I don't know. I say Saucony. You can say Saucony if you want to. Whatever you want. Anyway, there's like a pretty ballin' ass pair of sneakers on here. They're like a light melange melange gray jersey knit for the upper they look super dope they're 68 bucks and then mm. you get an extra discount if you use code dragon 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 that's i mean that's like Ciccone. it's nothing you, they're, ba- they're basically free Go that's a fantastic price for a yeah. shoe my friend for yeah for like shoe. a cool sneaker for a yeah. Shoe. yeah we've also got new true grit fleeces on uh on man outfitters they're moving like hotcakes i'm told they make you look like a sherpa i'm told mm. do they they sure Sherpa? do. Is that they sure do. The Sherpa people. The, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, you got to be careful with the True Grip fleeces because if you do wear one, people will come up to you and ask you where your sheep are, and they'll ask you if you can help them climb Everest. Yeah, they mm-hmm. w- they'll they'll do that. So it's if you're ready for effect. that, if you're ready for that, you go for it. Just forewarning. It's the softest fleece we sell. Incredible looking. Get on there. Check out the new True Grip stuff. The Vineyard Vine stuff. The shoes. The the Saucony. The Saucony. The whatever the fuck you want us to. However. Dragon, get you 10% off your whole order. Manoutfitters.com. Support the podcast. Support us here at Grand X. Get on there. Buy some stuff. Do it. Everybody at the wall is wearing that new tr- that, that True Grit. That Everyone at the wall is yeah. wearing True Grit. Yes. If you're going to take the black Night's Rewatch, you have to wear True Grit. Yeah. It's a rule. Mm-hmm. Purchase Dragon. some. Quite snuggly. If you're a lady, buy some for your boyfriend, and your dad. And then steal it from him. Your uncle, your, your, your nephew. I think. And then don't sleep with him. Just buy him. A, <laughs> just buy him some stuff. Don't sleep with your nephew. Ten percent off. Use the code Dragon. Dragon. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Hop into some more of this episode. Lord Snow. Brb. Hello, friends. This is producer Micah. You probably know me on this podcast as the guy who whispers Dragon about fifteen times a podcast. Well, guess what? I've got a special announcement for you. We've partnered with our friends over at MyBookie.ag to get you a 100% cash sign-up bonus with your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code OCC, that's OCC like oysters, clams, and cockles, to get a 100% bonus on your first deposit. MyBookie has been in business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They've got the fastest payouts in the industry. Seriously, only two business days. I would only recommend a service to the listeners that's been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. They've got live in-game betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business, as well as an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go super easy. Okay, so join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus. Use promo code OCC to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, we are back. Back in Winterfell. Uh, Raven lands in Brand's window, which is... I don't know. Is it is it symbol is it symbolic? Well, it's like a crow. Yeah, yeah. It's a crow. But she she calls it a crow, but that looks like a raven to me. Hmm. Is there a difference? Are you a very significant difference? On bird that I, okay, see, I I don't know. I don't either. Somebody raven, tell us. Ravens, crows, crows, ravens. What's all the difference? Crows, well, all crows are liars. Uh, yeah, she does say. What's old man says, oh, all all crows are all liars. Hmm. Apparently, according to this crazy ass old woman. I think that's a double meaning because so many of these ravens that are flying around are delivering fake news. Fake news! <laughs> Much uh, like... In Westeros. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Thank you, Barrett. Uh, <laughs> have we touched on Westerosi fake news before? <laughs> there is a lot of it. <laughs> it's a real problem, just like in modern-day America. 
So Brand wants to hear a scary story. And, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, a good scary story now and then is great. You want a little ghost story or something something, something to get you get the blood pumping, flowing. I sure don't, but well, I hear I, people Some do. people did when you were a kid. You want a scary story. God. That's why Goosebumps was such a successful franchise. Oh, yeah. Psychos. So old you. man hits him with the fucking scariest thing you've ever heard in your entire life, which I will read to you now. Fear is for the winter. When the snows fall a hundred feet deep. God damn it, this fucking notification keeps popping up. All right, starting <laughs> over. <laughs> Fear is for the winter when the snows fall a hundred feet deep. Fear is for the long night when the sun hides for years and children are born and live and die all in darkness. That is the time for fear, my little lord, when the white walkers move through the woods. <laughs> Thousands of years ago, there came a night that lasted a generation. Kings froze to death in their castles, same as the shepherds in their huts. And women smothered their babies rather than see them starve, and wept and felt the tears freeze on their cheeks. So is this the sort of story you like? Brand nods. (laughs) In that darkness, the White Walkers... I'm going to stop doing this voice now. The White Walkers came for the first time. They swept through cities and kingdoms, riding their dead horses, hunting with their packs of pale spiders, big as hounds. (laughs) I had to work it back in in at the end. But, point being, A, why the hell is he into this? Like, I would have shit my pants. He's not into it. He's got to, you know, he's just... He's got to put on a brave face after he said he wanted it. I'll tell you what. My note is all of this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, that lady is a fucking genius. Or she's, well, no, she's not a genius. She's not. And that's what I'm talking about. How many, like, lines in this episode were, I mean, about the people that are freezing in their huts, killing their kids so that they don't have to, uh, yeah. Like, yep. Ross, how many times did you watch that to write it down word for word? I bet he uh, searched it, it and found it online. Thank mm. you. Used yeah, the Google machine, smart. cheated. You're yeah. smart. Yeah. You would have sat there and typed <laughs> it all out it after you watched it 19 times. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. fool. You know nothing. Uh, question. Where are these <laughs> pale spiders, biggest hounds? We didn't get the pale spiders yet. No, no pale spiders. I'm going to be real with you. I, for Ever since I first saw this episode, episode three, Lord Snow, I've been waiting for these goddamn spiders and they have never come. I feel I don't like think they, we're going to get yeah, spiders. I feel like they chose like the stuff like the polar bears because it's not as... Silly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A gigantic spider is A, very Lord <laughs> of the Rings, and then B, very hard to pull off. It Well, I mean, it, there are literally giant spiders in the scary woods of Harry Potter as well. Oh, yeah. They just... There's a lot they, of crossover. They, they, like, Lord of the Rings did a really good job with them, and I feel like that's as good as it could get. Yeah. Because they're, it is very silly. Like, the idea of this giant, goofy spider... Isn't there a part in Harry Potter... With the thing that whatever you're scared of, it shows you it becomes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the kid puts like ice skates on it on the on the spider, so yep. it like slips all over the place. Anyway. Yes. There you go, Harry Potter nerds. Enjoy that little <laughs> moment there from me, a very not big Harry Potter fan. Uh, knowledgeable, but not 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 my biggest. I'm a Game of Thrones guy. That's why we have this podcast. Uh, Rob comes in, cuts off old man. As, I wish we got more old Nan, by the way. Oh, me too. I wish we did, just yeah. in the series as a whole. Absolutely. What the hell happened to her? I think she goes to, I don't know, maybe we'll see later. she's just not that relevant. She was a good lady. Rob is not convinced Bran fell. Uh, he points, you know, he's, he's talking to Bran, trying to get see if Bran has remembered anything, essentially, and tells him, like, I've seen you climb these walls thousands of times. You don't, you're not, you're, you've never fallen. I don't believe you fell. But Bran doesn't remember shit. Apparently, he has no idea. It seems like he, 
the way he said it though, it seemed almost like he knew and he was like afraid to. I'm team. He it. has no idea. I I don't think he has an idea, but just the way he said it, he like cuts him off. He's like, I did. I fell. Like I like lay off. I fell. Okay. What about you? Where are you on this? Brand know who pushed him? Does he have any? His memory got wiped when he hit the ground or something. He hit his head too hard. He's concussed. He's got CTI. He doesn't know shit. I don't think he knows shit either. I don't think he. I'm just saying that his voice was a little. Uh, he also says he'd rather be dead than crippled, which mm-hmm. is a very harsh statement and a realization and or thought that a lot of newly crippled people have. I think. Let's flash forward. Real Relatable. Quick. Let's 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 flash forward. Because, you know, this is uh, our right. This is a fun part about, about doing this. That we can do whatever we want. Yeah. We s- w- that still has yet to be addressed, right? Bran has, has not acknowledged that he knows what happened. That is very true. Right? So like present day. Present, yeah. present as fully caught up as a full all the way through season seven watcher. We are yet to see Bran acknowledge in any way what happened that to he him. knows who Except pushed him out of that somebody window. very wealthy was sent to assassinate him. Right. That's assassinate. You don't right. assassinate mm-hmm. someone. Yep. Yep. You're sure right. You uh-huh. don't. Okay. Sure okay. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, so we've never really gotten like, you know, we just, we, I mean, clearly he could go back and just well, watch it now. If I'm Graham, that's the first thing I'm going to watch. Right? Right. Like, who the and, fuck crippled me? Yeah. Which is what makes the, the reunion, the presumably pending reunion between Bran and Jamie Lannister in season eight. Sure. So intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, I do believe he's going to have full knowledge <coughs> of what happened to him at that point. Like, yeah. he's going, c- come on, like, if you need a list of places to go check on right, what happened, right, that's right. got to be at the that's top of your list if you're the yes. first one. Yeah. And, you know, paying a little more attention during Jon Snow parentage reveal would have been one of my first ones as mm-hmm. well. We'll just get closer to you so you can hear. I'm a, uh, he was too far away to hear a truther. That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, you're and, not and stupid. He no, 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 stupid. I understand. But uh, that's just my yeah. way I'm rationalizing it. Uh, Brand, or back in King's Landing, Catelyn arrives. Not sure why she was like, what, like 30 miles behind Ned? Why did he <laughs> get there way before her? No Wait, explanation. What? She wasn't supposed Who? to go, I don't think. Catelyn, Catelyn gets to King's Landing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They did not travel together. Right. Right. Ah. You dumbo. I do feel like dumbo. <laughs> I'm dumb. So, question that I don't remember if we learn or not. She says she hadn't been there in nine years. What was she doing there nine years ago? I don't know. Good question. Visiting. You know? Vacay. Va- little vacay in the south? Spring break. Was, uh, <laughs> was anybody getting married then? She everybody probably would have gone to the royal wedding. Everybody knows King's Landing is the hottest spring break destination. The, okay. This well, side of how old's Tom? And maybe somebody was born then? I just feel like she hmm. probably would have gone to that. Yeah, I think we could presume... Assume that it would be like a wedding or a birth or some Some kind of royal tournament. I don't. I mean, don't forget that that is a one month travel. Right. Yeah, that's a trip. So So that's a a trip. Marcella's name day after she's born. I don't know. I'm saying some probably royal event. If you know why she was there, and I'm saying I think it's got to be more than that. If you know why she was there, please please inform us. Or maybe I can't remember. Maybe we maybe we learn why they were there nine years ago. Maybe they men- maybe they mentioned that later. Wasn't uh, what was happening nine years ago in Westeros? Well, nine years ago was the last time Robert and and 
Ned saw each other as well. Wait, is that what they said? Yeah. It, the, in the in episode one, yes. that's the number of years it's is nine years. Nine years. Oh. So maybe okay. what? Maybe okay. okay. So same reasoning. Whatever the reason. Yeah. So then it was when it, it's whenever they were. Okay. It wasn't a sneaky thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point, yeah. point okay. being, uh, Catelyn is escorted to by by the Kingsguard, yep. mind you, who apparently Littlefinger has some say in what they do. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm yeah. Whatever. Uh, at this point, anyway, to his whorehouse. To the whorehouse. Where she says, do you take me for some back alley Sally? For a back alley Sally. Yes, sirree. Which is what I call all loose women now. <laughs> she suddenly turns into like, you know. Your mom. A, Basically, like a somebody's mom. This yeah, is like a line like from a musical. Old timey 50s woman. Yeah. Back alley Sally. What on earth do you take me for some back alley Sally? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we're looking for. <laughs> Varys is also there, meets Lady Stark in this really weird this cat house. Back alley Sally? Like, is that from the book? I don't know. It must must. Or did be. they throw that in there? Like, I don't. I, I'm I, that would just that one threw me for a loop. Ironically, we have a woman named Cat in what could be called the cat house discussing a cat spa's dagger. Wow, that just struck me. Cat house, triple really? entendre, deep. Uh, they bust out the dagger, show it to Varys. He doesn't know whose it is. Littlefinger does know whose it is. He says it's mine, at least until the tournament on Joffrey's last name day. I lost this dagger. And they say, to whom? He says, Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. The imp. The imp. The imp. Again, they stop calling? Yeah. we talked about that last week, but it's like, they totally lost. It's like at one point they were like, you know what? This imp shit is too offensive. No, they it gets it gets tossed around a little bit for a few seasons. In season one, it's heavy impish. Yeah, imp- super impish. It's imp heavy. Imp heavy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this whole thing is very. We have a call about it, so I won't touch any more on it. Oh, do we have a call today? We have two calls. Yay! I think yeah, two. Fab, I love aye, aye, I aye. love the call. Ay ay ay! Before we get to those, a word from one of our sponsors, Lisa Mattress. L-E-E-S-A Mattress is an innovative, direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. How are they socially conscious? They're driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody. And they donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 110 program. They plant one tree for every mattress sold as well and donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. These are 100% American-made mattresses shipped compressed in a box straight to your door. All three of us. In the oysters, clams, and cockles, fam. The clam fam. Sleep on said mattresses. Yeah. I started. I only started sleeping on mine about a week ago. How do you feel? And you look better. I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> it is okay. It's How just, about that? It's fantastic. It's uh, it's it is. It's it, okay. So it's different because I'm used to like some you know some classic old timey spring mattress an old timey sque- mattress like a back alley sally yourself and this is yeah it's like i'm a i'm a regular old back alley sally you know what i mean and no, this is not. this is new this is new the foam but it is nice it is nice yeah it's got memory foam and it's and memory foam is is that good shit it's, it forms to your body you feel like you're sleeping in a freaking cloud it's it gets, the good good it's it gets good, more good. comfortable as the night goes on and then as your life goes on yeah which is just great you can try one of these Lisa mattresses for a hundred nights risk free by going to Lisa.com, L E E S A dot com slash dragon. Dragon. Shockingly enough. L E E S A dot com slash dragon. Slash 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 dragon. <laughs> hundred nights risk free. Go grab yourself a Lisa mattress. They are fantastic. 
if you're part of the clam fam, there's no other mattress to sleep on. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Use the code dragon. Dragon. And by code, I mean lisa.com slash dragon. Dragon. That's right, Butcher's Boy. One more time. <laughs> dragon. All right. Let's head out to the wall where it is fucking freezing. It, it looks colder out at the wall here. Than it does later. Than later. Yeah. But anyway, that's here, neither here nor there. Not that important. Just, I just... It's because John, I think, is not all the way used to the freezing cold. Just a just a quick skirt. Um, let I just wanted to drop in a little thing about you know about how cats all like you're a true friend, little finger. Oh, very and important. And about how he's very all important. like he's all like I'm gonna help you out here. Trust me. And then I think it just she kind of like seals the deal when she's like he's like a little brother to me, which you know just like bit him like hard through his heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's a true friend. But he's not. Yeah, she not, really sets she them up the kind for of man, trouble. Like, there. You're truly just a friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Very good point. And onto the wall. Onto the wall. Oh, uh, where are we? The wall. John's. <laughs> John Snow <laughs> sparring with the other rookies at the, of the Night's Watch. All these new guys, and he's just brutally beating them all down. None of them can fight for shit. Shows them up, if you will. Uh, Which is like a great. Looking good for the future when they have to protect the whole country from it, the north. It gives you both. It gives you the Jon Snow is clearly talented, and it gives you the holy crap, none of these other guys have any idea what they're doing. Right. I thought this was supposed to be an important post. Yep. How are any of these people expected to protect anybody south of the wall? Yep. So it, it, the guys he beats the crap out of end up like jumping him, basically, mm-hmm. in the armory. <clears throat> And nearly slitting his throat before Tyrion comes in and kind of saves him. There's a great line from John where he says, "Everybody knew what this place was, and no one told me. No one but you. My father knew, and he left me to rot at the wall all the same." Yeah, confirmation here because we talked about this. Yes, that John thought the wall was cool, and is now upset because the wall sucks. Everybody bullshitted yeah. him to protect him. Yeah, and he realizes now that he's out there, like he's Aw. he's been duped. He got got. It's essentially like when you're rushing and being talked into joining a fraternity. Yes. And you're like, this seems like the coolest thing in the world. I cannot wait to party and get <laughs> laid constantly. And then rush ends and suddenly you're a pledge and you're like, oh, I've been had. Yes. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're being physically and, and verbally abused for 10, 12 weeks. And uh, yeah, same thing. Pledge John. Oh, uh, what else happens at the wall? Well, he's so Tyrion kind of like... It, it, he has a response to that. Yeah, and, and part of this whole episode is Tyrion kind of helping guide John and John like beginning to learn to be a leader. Yes. Which So he, you know, he points out that these guys that you just beat the shit out of like there, there's no pride in that. Like they've never even held a sword. You're you're yeah. ba- you're essentially a a trained soldier already. Yeah. You know. So when he says he was left to rot at the wall the same, Tyrion's response is, Grin's father left him too outside a farmhouse when he was three. Pip was caught stealing a wheel of cheese. His little sister hadn't eaten in three days. He was given a choice, his hand or the wall, his right hand or the wall. I've been asking the Lord Commander about them, fascinating stories. Uh, John's response is that they hate me because I'm better than they are. And he means it. it's sword fighting, for the record. I don't think he means in general. I agree with that. And even if there is a... It, it, well, both that's are my impression d- anyway. Yeah, That was my impression, but both are true. And Tyrion says it's a lucky it's a lucky thing, as Barrett was referencing. None of them were trained by a master at arms like your Sir Roderick. I don't imagine any of them have ever held a real sword before they came here. 
And it, it to Barrett's point, I had never really fully realized, I guess, the effect that Tyrion had on John as a man and as a character and on his development. Right. Yep. And it's huge. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it's an enormous role that he plays here. If Tyrion had not been there to point all this out to him, well, first of all, John might have died. We don't know. Right. They were about to cut his throat. So, but then it's just, it, that's a lot that he helps him with with mm-hmm. his wisdom. Yeah. And I feel like you're right. That's another thing that circles back to season seven when oh, they yeah. like have all their moments together. And it was like, even though you were in my life briefly, he was like a mentor to him. He does trust his counsel because it's. They sp- worked for him. They spend enough time together in this episode alone for them to both get a good feel on what to think of the other. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though Tyrion recognizes that John is an unexperienced, young, kind of naive kid, mm-hmm. he sees that he's a good man, yeah. a good right. guy. Yeah. Basically. And Tyrion, or John sees that Tyrion is a wise, well intentioned man and as like, well. And no bullshit. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's it's. A super important exchange mm-hmm. that you you know probably didn't put too much stock in at first. Tyrion also informs John that his brother Bran is in fact awake. Uh, Littlefinger, back in King's Landing, takes Ned to the whorehouse after being a smartass with him, letting him know his wife is actually in in mm-hmm. King's Landing in the most snarky way possible. Uh, this is where we get the famous scene where Ned chokes Littlefinger up against the yes. wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That later is mirrored by John choking Littlefinger in the crypts of Winterfell. Uh, chokes him as it, you know. Catelyn obviously pops up out of the window, and Ned releases Littlefinger. As a result, his line is Stark's: "Quick tempers, slow minds." Uh, Catelyn. Gets into all the stuff that Barrett brought up earlier here in this scene. Oh, okay. He's like a little brother to me, Ned. He would never betray my trust. All that stuff that it, it's just really unfortunate <laughs> yeah. down the road that, yeah. that she is so off here. Because if you're Ned, you're going to take her word. Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah. trust your wife. Like, she couldn't possibly be that wrong about somebody. She wouldn't say all those things about him. But it turns out he is the least trustworthy person ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, long term. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Dumb. Well, now I is think this it's true? He wouldn't have hurt Cat <clears throat> though, and she just like assumed that extended to people who were important to her. Well, she says he would never betray my trust, and he betrays it in every possible way for the extended future. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Um, and now is this where we get their goodbye scene? Not quite. Okay. All right. Then, well, fuck it. Yeah, we can touch on that. Yeah, I mean, there, there just, there was like, we get this, uh, every, there, there was kind of like a soap opera look here dramatic, for a, a minute. Dramatic goodbye. Yeah. It's a very dramatic goodbye. Kinda There's like some music. Out. It's drawn out. Yeah. And then they do this pan on Ned's face where he's just like, you know, he's giving, he's giving that look that he basically gives for the rest of the season where it's like everything we're, bad is happening. We're all fucked. Yeah, we're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, when you, when you watch this episode for the first time, even knowing nothing about Game of Thrones or how brutal everything gets as time goes on and how every character dies, <laughs> essentially, uh, you still, this is a moment in a TV show or movie where you say, oh, those two people are never going to see each other again. Yeah. 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 You, it's pretty, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it, they lay it on thick. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Cersei and Jamie address the issue of Bran waking up. They've obviously heard the news too, as it has traveled to Winterfell. And it just like solidifies that they had nothing to do with sending. Uh, I don't. I they think were like, "Oh, he woke up." They didn't. 
Well, Cersei's freaking out. She's like, what the hell are we going to do? This kid is awake. This is very bad. But and that's what I'm saying. They're just now strategizing when somebody's already been sent. True. True. Sure. Ask yeah. him. Yeah, that's a good point. So they clearly didn't have nothing to do with that if they're only freaking out now. Yeah. The part where he was almost assassinated. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Jamie says, we'll say he was lying. We'll say he was dreaming. We'll say whatever we'd like. The boy won't talk, and if he does, I'll kill him. Him, Ned Stark, the king, the whole bloody lot of them until you and I are the only people left in this world. This is the defining moment of season one for me where you really get a hold of where Jamie's at mentally in his life with this whole incestual relationship with his sister. It's him and her versus the world to him. Yeah, he's kind of echoing that thing that Cersei always says now, where now, it's like, yes. where it's like, we're the only two people that matter. What what changed in his mind? I think because he didn't really think, put too much stock into it. Maybe like he's know, like, yeah, just, yeah, just only we matter, and she's like, nah, really, like everybody else can actually die. The more right. evil she becomes through her experiences, and the more jaded she is by these the death of her children and yeah. all the things that go on, and him on the other plane where he is softened and kind of made into a better yeah. man by the things that he experiences. Like a twin thing. He also like their evil balances. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and don't forget, he begins to experience uh, a bit of humility post hand chopping off. Uh, he true. loses an important part <laughs> of his body. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the, and then he, he has the, a rough go at it there yeah. for a while. And the whole, like the whole like redemption kind of arc is later with, it's basically the whole brand season. You know, yeah. That's yeah. their journey together, kind of like. You're right. Yeah. That's where we c- we flip. Oh, I can't wait yeah. to watch that, that again. It's going to be fun. Can't <laughs> wait. Okay. Robert, drinking heavily, uh, is making Sir Barristan Selmy recount war stories with him. Mm-hmm. This is what Robert does all day. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is like where we get this vision of that Robert, Robert is not, doesn't want, he hates this. He doesn't want to do it. No, he does he not. He just wants to happy. sit around and drink all day. I, I've talked many times on this podcast about how it's always been weird to me that it's that it's like this whole time it's like supposed to be a Baratheon king, yet everything is Lannister. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he even kind of alludes to it. Yeah, that like everywhere I, I he that everywhere he turns, it's just Lannister. This Lannister. Hair. That like I close yeah. my eyes and I see their blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he mentions we get the name Tarly. For the first yeah, time. So mm-hmm. Robert tells the story of his first kill, which was, quote, some Tarly boy at the Battle of Summerhall. Yep. Uh, yeah, obviously, Samwell Tarly. Sam, this is one of his relatives, was the first person Robert ever killed with a fucking hammer. And he pooped himself. <laughs> also important to note. Yes. <laughs> and now, okay. Lots of poop in that. This, mm-hmm. this also family. gets brought up again. Does Braun bring this up again? Yes. The shit themselves. The thing shit themselves comes thing comes up a couple more times. I feel like it's, they always drop that it in. Comes there. up in South Park a lot too. It's it's odd that it it's something that I don't look forward to finding out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, we it also we get this this when Robert's explaining his first kill, telling the story of it. We get the 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 vision of him with this hammer, right? Right. And right. his whole thing with the war hammer. That's the way he fought with a hammer. And then obviously his bastard son Gendry is uh, rocking the Warhammer in season seven. Did you did you take note of the actual line where he was like, "All <laughs> all I've got in my in my notes is wine," <laughs> <laughs> Dude. but I just thought that was so you know. So yeah, Lancel is his he's like blah bearer. blah 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 wine. <laughs> <laughs> Lancel's wig is rough. Lancel he Lannister. looks like a woman. Oh, he looks yes. terrible. Lancel Lannister is Robert's cupbearer. 
uh, he looks like a, a 16-year-old high school girl who's hit puberty early and is taller than everyone else. Yes, yeah. And he is just the littlest of the bitches. Just... Yeah, we get the great Robert Wine line. Hey Baker, hey ba- Butcher's Boy, could you could I get a scroll up? Thanks. And <laughs> it we're at the bottom of number seven for you there, Butcher's Boy. Thanks, Butcher's Boy. Thank you, Butcher's <laughs> Boy. Uh, <laughs> and what were we? T- oh, Lancel's. Anyway, Lancel looks like a little bitch. He looks like he's wearing lip blush or whatever the I don't know makeup names, but lipstick. No, but something to make his lips look m- girlier. I don't know. Skipping back, Jamie's first kill, <laughs> also important, was one of the outlaws of the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. I assume he means the Brotherhood without banners. Yes, he does. Which is uh, yeah. a very historic group of people that still exist to this day. And uh, we also get the confrontation where Robert is asking Jamie what the N- Mad King's last words were, essentially. Like, what happened? You know, explain how that story went down. And Jamie says he's... He said the same thing he'd been saying for hours, burn them all, which is to break that down literally. If for hours this guy has been just been saying, burn them all, burn them all, burn them all. That's all he's saying. This is where the theory arrives of Bran somehow interfering with the Mad King in his mind and screwing something up that causes him to become a Hodor-esque broken record. And repeat, burn them all over and over and over. Possibly burn all the White Walkers. Burn them all. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Burn them all, the dead bodies. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's that the more the more after this scene, it just kind of like reentered my mind, and it's more solidified than ever that I think we at some point are going to get something there. We we have to. I I do think it's Bran fucking with him. Nah. Somehow you don't think so. Maybe the thing is the the. These people, they're known to have been crazy because of all the inbreeding. Yeah. The Targaryens. Is inbreeding uh, yeah, it makes drive you crazy or no, no, just... It, it, it messes with your chromosomes and it makes you not you all like, right. I know you know, look a little funny and you're not all... But are you can, crazy? like, sprout an arm out of your neck or shit like yeah. that. Like, I think it's all that. I mean... Everything. If it's physical deformity, brain defor- chemistry is not great think, either. Yeah, think about it. If it's like if it's messing with you and creating physical deformities, it's probably creating mental ones. And you I think grow that's a dick on your chin. Yeah, your brain's not great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least that's the also that's why Joffrey is like psycho, crazy. Yeah, inbred. Yep. Th- it really ups your odds of being uh, a not God. all mentally there. Across the narrow sea, Danny. Needs to take a piss break or something and decides to make the whole horde stop. She is rocking the uh, Raquel Welch 1000 BC look here, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I, I I'm very into it. It is uh it is not a bad look. Yeah, Danny in this episode, not a bad, not a sight for. Yeah, not hard on the eyes is what I mean to say. <laughs> it's like classic. It's classic Halloween costume for a girl, basically. Yeah, this yeah. Is, like if you're being like a cave woman kind of. She's I don't know. There, there you She's go. That's like what it is. Cave woman vibes. That's the vibes I get. Yeah. Well, if you well, which is Raquel Welch in 1000 BC. Like you'll know the picture if you see it. No, I never saw that. Oh, oh, fuck. Yes, I know the picture. Yeah, it's like one of the most famous posters yes. of all time. Yeah. I know. I think she Holy serves crap. way better looks. Pretty spot on pretty there. Pretty much everything else she's ever worn. Pipe personally. Down. I mean, they're all great looks. I'm not saying I don't. I dislike any of her looks really. So, you know, not my fave. Well, but Raquel Welch, that that is one of the most famous uh, sex symbol shots of all time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See. Sure. Anyway, 
She's starting to learn to talk like a queen, says Jorah. Not a queen. And she says, not a queen. A Khaleesi. Indeed, a Khaleesi. The ser- I don't know what she's doing here. I guess she needed a moment of peace. She's sick of riding the horse. She wanders off into the water. I'm not really sure what's going on here either. She just wanted a break. Yeah. And she's starting to kind of test the waters of like her power, basically. Sure, sure. I uh, think that was it to see like, yeah. oh, are they going like, to listen to me? Can I stop all these people if I wanted to? It's a lot of people. Yeah, You've got yeah. tens of thousands of horses or whatever. Uh, Viserys, not down with this, rides through this cornfield or whatever it is, like sword waving. He's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> Threatens her, says he is the dragon and lord of the seven kingdoms, and, and he doesn't take orders from savages. This is just Ugh, he's so just gross. one in a long line of Viserys getting angrier and angrier and more he's frustrated. A whiny and little bitch. Where's my army? Where are we taking back my kingdoms? Very like, uh, like, like a, are we there yet? Would yeah. you fucking relax, dude? There's, th- I've, I felt like a big time parallel to Joffrey. Me too. Here. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I agree. Um, with him, the bitchiness. Is yeah, and then and the entitlement and like uh-huh. the just the whininess. You know, all of it. Like, you know, I you mean, it be, is the same thing. He's all also told his whole life right you're right. you're the right you'll, you'll be king someday whatever you want he's yeah. a brat yeah which and is just as a you know maybe some foreshadowing to danny wanting to break the wheel and possibly not just she's not just the, be mm-hmm. whoever's born into royalty. not necessarily foreshadowing even but reasoning for it like yeah. yeah after seeing what her brother was like she's like good god this fuck could end up being king yeah. right so when they later talk about the line of secession yeah but th- this also this scene right here like basically when like jorah when he's like tells jorah to kill him and jorah just kind of like looks at him and then you know daenerys has to basically say no i don't want you to kill him right now right i mean he, he's done. This is the power shift. Oh, this he's is where it all done. happens oh, yeah. after this scene. Like, there is no chance that he will ever be king after it, this it scene. It becomes very clear that she has taken the, the forefront of yes. everything. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah. if that weren't the case, like, that was a bit unwise of Jorah to be like, oh, you'll be king in, like, six months, but right. fuck you. Jorah knows. Yeah. Jorah knows this dude has no chance. Yeah. He's toast. There's just They're basically waiting for the other shoe to drop so that he can be killed by someone. Basically, <laughs> she has to realize it. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's all he's waiting for. Yeah, he takes the whip around the neck from that, which is fucking awesome, by the way. It's the only effective whip using we ever see until <laughs> one of the sand snakes, and then eventually they die. But whip around the neck, almost strangles him to death. Danny has to save him. Uh, then we find out she's learning Dothraki. Mm-hmm. Very Good difficult language to learn, but mm-hmm. she's a quick learner. And she finds out she's pregnant, which really didn't feel like that big of a moment, to be honest. I was just kind of like, yeah. I do, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's, you know, kind of switched her. Well, I guess she had it a little bit before, but. Khaleesi have baby in her tummy. <laughs> it's solidifying her, like, feeling of she feels more powerful because of this, I think. So, yeah. when Jorah learns this. Very weird. Is the. Is that him? He, does he learn that she's pregnant and decide that he will follow through with betraying her because this means that he like like he like doesn't see an opportunity for himself here, or is he already gonna betray her and this is like his cue to go try and report, so. report back or something? I thought that okay, so we I think s- it was like a reminder of like yo, this is what you're here for, just so you know. I took it as him re- deciding I cannot follow through with this. And have this woman killed. She's now pregnant. I've been along. I, I enjoy her as a person. I've been around her long enough. And now she has a child inside of her. I think it was an attempt by him to maybe go undo some of what he had done. Because he says he has to ride to Kohor. Kohor. 
Yeah. Q O H O R is how it's spelled. Carth? No. No. Uh, different place. Cohor. Yeah. Cohor. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. But the point is, I don't know. That was a very important moment. Does, does he already have his mission to, I to think betray so. her? I think the. For, I think from the get go. Yeah, I think he always had that. Really, I think I'm pretty so. sure he started out with like he was there the whole like. He kind of put himself in that yeah. situation because okay. he had made this deal with Robert already that he would be let back. Okay, into okay, the Seven okay. Kingdoms. If he so, maybe he. Okay, trip. so maybe this is actually more of the attempt to like the realization. Yeah. Okay. Like shit, I cannot do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But we see later on. We'll see later yeah, in, in the more. season. Somebody tries, and he stops. It. Stops it. Yeah. Yeah. The wine guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Uh. Shortly afterward, Danny and Cal Jogo are seen in bed together nude. And it is essentially, we have in one episode gone from, I am getting through this rape by looking at these dragon eggs and having some magical moment, to both, there's very much love oh, yeah, here cuddling. now. And for him, it is in large part obviously due to her being pregnant and her taking control mm-hmm. and sh- asserting herself as a more... And just being different yeah, than everybody he's Being different than every to. woman he's ever dealt with. Yeah. Uh, and then for her, I guess it's the pr- mainly the prospect of carrying his child and maybe some of the bonding that took place off screen. Who knows? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, kind of yeah. quick is my well, point. Stockholm it's sh- quick, syndrome. but I think also, I think once she takes control sexually and like is kind of like coming into her own womanhood, <laughs> she's like enjoying the... <laughs> She's enjoying the uh, being a Khaleesi, being yeah. a queen, being his queen. She's being starting to embrace this role. A pa- yeah, this powerful yeah. woman. And I do think Veronica's point, there's a little Stockholm Syndrome-ish to Maybe. it, too. Because like, <laughs> she knows she's in this situation, right? Like, might as well try to make the best of it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what yeah. opens her up to being emotionally available for him. And then, you know, obviously the sex stuff. And, yeah, and then and then laying naked on furs is just really fun, too. So Never got... I mean, that just looked like a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. Pretty much the dream. <laughs> Bunch of animal furs. Just two people Very laying there. people. Mm-hmm. Just, just being all sexy, you know? Bye. Shimmering in a post-sex sweat light. <laughs> anyway... Then back out at the wall, which is the opposite of what we just described, John is riding the elevator. Uh, I want to know the mechanics about this elevator, and I've wanted to know them for seven years. What? How? What? They have an elevator built that goes all the way to the top of that thing that is operated by one man cranking a thing that pulls on a chain? No. How long does it take to get to the top? I don't think a one man cr- has to crank the whole a one, way. A one cranker. There's only one cranker. <laughs> That's all we see. He's clearly not used to the cold yet. John's all shivering, bundled up, like he's kind of got his furs pulled around himself close, more tightly, because he's new to this. Mm-hmm. And he's still alive, for the record. Still right. no animated fire by blood. Him. Animated by human means. Yeah, anyway, he meets Benjen up top. It's John's first time at the top of the wall. Benjen tells him he wanted to be there when he saw it for the first time, because it's, it's quite a sight to behold. And Benjen mm-hmm. has to tell him he's going off on a ranging mission. That he is the first ranger. John doesn't mention that Benjen also lied to him about this whole thing. Yeah. Why isn't he more pissed at Benjen? Well, I don't think Benjen did, though. I, I think, think Benjen like, kind of kept his mouth shut and was like, yeah, yo, great. you sure, bro? Okay. Like, yeah. Remember, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, We, that's we had talked about it before, though, and right, Semi decided like, yeah. that Benjen was in on it. Yeah. I it, think he kind of was like, tried to like lead, like he couldn't tell him, but right. he was like, yeah, is this? You don't have to come yet. Like mm-hmm. you. 
between the, w- their discussions in Winterfell, though, led me to believe that Benjen was a hun- like a hundred percent on the right <laughs> on the ruse. Yeah, yeah. Like that he had built it up as this incredible grand thing as well. But then mm. again, why maybe the part of Benjen. Benjen go? I know we talked about this. We but get why? into that. We will get into that. Anywho. Okay. Benjen, Benjen also to that point, we'll discuss why he's there a little bit later. But to that point, he might actually believe a lot of the glory and duty that goes into being in the Night's Watch. Sure, sure. Whereas, yeah, that's yeah, that's not entirely evident to John yet. You know what I'm saying? Benjen is there by choice. Yeah. And to uh, to other people, to outsiders like Tyrion, who yeah. are still kind of. Who e- e- even if Tyrion is like somewhat respectful, is respectful of the people there and and of the Night's Watch, still doesn't really like buy into the whole right. thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Benjen tells John there have been disturbing reports, uh, the kind he doesn't want to believe. Tells him here a man gets what he earns when he earns it. We'll speak when I return. Uh, poor John, just repeatedly told by people that they'll speak when they return, and then they never <laughs> return. Mm. It's that's twice now. He's Owen oh 2. 0 oh for 2. Uh, Tyrion's, as Barrett referenced, mocking the Night's Watch back in the little. He's talking with Yorin. Is Yorin part of the Night's Watch? Yeah, he's the guy who goes and recruits. Okay. Picks but he up is the part new, of the Night's Watch. Yeah, it's just his. He just his, gets to go down south and collect and have a good ass time. Coolest chair. job in the Night's Watch. He's a rush chair. Yeah. yeah. He's the rush job in the Night's Watch yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah. rush chair. <laughs> uh, gets all they ask. So. <laughs> Tyrion says, I don't believe that giants and ghouls and white walkers are lurking beyond the wall. I believe that the only difference between us and the wildlings is that when the wall went up, our ancestors happened to be on the right side of it. Uh, then Benjen kind of comes in, says, you're right. The wildlings are no different from us, a little rougher maybe, but they're made of meat and bone. I know how to track them and I know how to kill them. It's not the wildlings giving me sleepless nights. You've never been north of the wall, so don't tell me what's out there. It really heavily gives us more of like Benjen's very clearly aware of the threat north of the wall. Yeah. I think he's more aware of the White Walkers than we're probably led let yeah, oh yeah. led to believe at yep. any point. He has seen some shit even then to know that things are going to get How bad. How can you tell Ned that when Ned's executing It's probably this? a lot. I mean, you think about it cuz even l- much later, several seasons later, when there's a ton more evidence and a lot more people that know about all these things, mm-hmm. It's hard to convince people to believe you because yeah, it sounds brother? so. I don't know, even but Ned makes jokes about this type of shit too, about like White Walkers and. But Ned whatnot. a little bit believes it because when he's executing, whatever you know that kid, the guy, and Brand's like, so we, he was lying and goofy he was looking like, Night's Watch what doofus, do we call him? ugly Goober man, or ugly Goop. I don't know something, so something fantastic. Yeah, and Brand's like, so he was lying then, and Ned was like. He says a madman sees what he sees or something like that. So implying that the kid is insane. So I don't know if he believes. Or maybe him. just like answering him with a cliche so he doesn't have to Perhaps. I don't know. I feel like Ned wasn't fully No, that that answer is a non answer. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, he might it's saying I'm not calling him a liar. I'm not sure what he saw. Yeah. Like he saw what he thinks he saw. That's yeah. maybe he's nuts. Maybe he actually did see something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Eamon Targaryen, we see for the first time. Do we ever find out why he's blind, or is he just old as hell? He's just old as hell. Okay. Cataracts. Cataracts, yeah. He tells Tyrion, dark things are coming this winter. The Night's Watch is the only thing standing between the realm and what lies beyond, and it has become an army of undisciplined boys and tired old men. There are less than a thousand of us now. We can't man the other castles on the wall. We can't properly patrol the wilderness. We've barely enough resources 
to keep our lads armed and fed, we get this full picture of just how much disarray the Night's Watch has fallen into. We are now aware that there are other castles beyond the one we are at on the wall, that they're all unmanned at this point because it has been so long since the threat of the White Walkers was real. So many generations have passed that the Night's Watch has become less and less and less important and it now exists as less than a thousand men, uh, boys, in, un- inexperienced, tired old men, and that's it. It's a real problem. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the older Mormont, who is the night commander, at the, or the, uh, I'm sorry, what is the name of the, what's the guy who, Lord, Lord commander. commander, sorry, wow, fuck. <laughs> I first of all, Jior, Jior Mormont? Jora. Wait, no. J-E-O-R. That's how his J-E-O-R. name is spelled. J-E-O-R. Lord Commander. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jor. Jor. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, it's 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 <laughs> it's Jorah's father. Yes, yeah, yeah. I feel like they do that. Like, they do. They a do. lot, kind of similar names. Like Tyrion and Tywin sound similar. I just never yes. realized you know? his name was J-E-O-R. J-O-R. G-O-R. Jor. Sounds like a French perfume. Because we don't need to, because he's Lord Commander Mormont. That's that's all we need. Just shocking to me. Anyway, he says, your sister sits by the side of the king. Tell her we need help. They're pleading with Tyrion to, when he gets back to King's Landing, look, please inform the crown. We are severely lacking in men up here, and shit is about to hit the fan, possibly. Yeah, like hit us, hit us, hit us up with some of that uh, Lannister gold. Can we get some reinforcements out here, homie? Can we get some dragons, gold dragons, so we can? Yeah, we get need some, some gold new dragons. supplies and one, stuff. One point three dollars per gold yes. dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Hammond says, "When winter does come, God's help us all if we're not ready." Then we get this great shot of Tyrion pissing off the edge of the wall, which is very dangerous, Gross. by the way. So dangerous. But such a drunk guy move. Is it? Just really dangerous? looks like it just really looks like you're about to fall off. Drunk right men want to pee off of tall things. They also want to throw things off of tall things. Also that. Why <laughs> is that? It's just inherently cooler. Like furniture. It's the, for some it's reason. The peeing off of something as tall as the wall is is almost makes you feel powerful because you're sending something that you created so far. Ew. Just the the fall. That's you know. It's man shit. <laughs> we pee on stuff. It's primal. It is primal, huh? It's like dogs marking their their territory. Like, I own this wall now. I pissed off of it. That's like... Boys are weird. Yeah, we're sick. Uh, What else? She drops a good line. You Talking to John about Bran. If you're going to be a cripple, it's better to be a rich cripple. Fair enough. And to close the episode out, back in King's Landing, Arya is introduced to Dancing Master Cereal Pharrell. Beloved character. I love him. Beloved by all. Fantastic character. Kept thinking of Pharrell. Like Pharrell Williams. Pharrell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Arya has her first sword lessons, sword fighting lessons. They're calling them dancing lessons. This guy is Bravosi. They refer to it as like, what is it? The water dance. The water dance. And it's called that because men are filled with water, and when you poke holes in them, the water spills out and they die. I guess is kind of what he says. Yeah, and like, and well, it's it's all it, that's all part of it, but it's it's the kind of you know the the antithesis to the Westeros style of, of just like knight fighting, which yeah. is just like lots of armor, you know, uh, heavy hacking, heavy yeah. hacking, lots of. Just heavy sword swinging. It did look much more like so, uh, choreo- choreographed and like gentle too. Like his little <coughs> couch. Sure, it no, was absolutely. kind of like more like um, 
I feel like fencing yeah. w- would be There's some fencing of aspects to the yeah. Bravosa yeah. style of sword fighting. Well, and it, and it kind of like it, the uh, Dothraki and Jorah were just sitting there talking about how like what's better, like speed or protection. Yes, you know? very true. So we've got that bit going for us. And then all that also kind of like is later kind of comes up again because even though they're calling this like the Bravos, the Bravosi dance and the water dance and it's kind of coming from the east um it ma- it really makes you think of um the red viper ah uh, who that pedro pascal is the actor um name is slipping my mind right now for some reason this is pathetic i don't know why it's slipping my mind too but the guy who gets his head squished by the mountain you know mountain oh mm-hmm. that's the viper yeah. that's the red viper okay uh, the yeah. episode's called the mountain and the viper yeah 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 the man's name Oberin, Oberin Oberin martel. martel damn we apologize that was so pathetic that was true yeah awful. but so Oberyn is like is ha- is is that style of fighter you yeah. know he's like yeah. swift yeah. and quick and like will just Poke the holes in you and, and, and let and let you leak out and, and land jabs until yeah. you and fall. Obviously and obviously, that is kind of the better method as long as you don't get carried away with it. Exactly. and you kill when you have the chance. Right. There are many, many times in this show, including one later on when Tyrion has a trial by combat in the Eyrie. Yeah, and there, where there Bronn, you go again. Yeah, and Bronn, Bronn steps in as a guy wearing no armor, with no armor, and just pounds this dude who's wearing a ton of armor yep. and then kicks him through a hole because, <laughs> again, speed beats. Armored basically yeah, is yeah. the and and heavy weaponry, but yeah. Uh, the funny part of this is Ned comes in and watches on. He's obviously set this all up. He's essentially signed his daughter up for sword fighting classes. Mm-hmm. That's what's mm-hmm. happening here. Uh, and for, so for one, he recognizes that Arya is probably not going to be a little lady. Yeah, right. And he has folded that hand quickly and is giving her what she wants, giving her the opportunity to learn how to be a sword fighter and mm-hmm. do something different than her sister Sansa. Uh, then two, as he watches Arya and Sirio do their little dance, he has like a PTSD flashback. I, yeah, I don't know what. The, yeah, and, and he's I hearing all the swords clanging. Yeah, where he starts to hear real, they're fighting with sparring swords. Obviously, he starts to hear real metal, and it's like, is it because he's realizing that he has put his daughter in a position to be a part of war and possibly later die? I think it's more like he just. I don't know. It felt to me almost like intuitive. Like this is coming again. Like I'm gonna have like right wars right. coming. Just more foreboding shit. Yeah. From Ned. yeah. I think it was like he's just watching and he's like remembering what war was like and oh fuck. You this know, it's back on its way in. In hindsight, uh, at the end of season one, the entire world freaks out when Ned gets his head chopped off. Yep. Every second of this show was just <laughs> foreshadowing to yes. him getting his head chopped off. <laughs> Like, he, the entire time, is essentially, the look on his face is like, God, I'm not making out of this alive. It's crazy. Anyway. Well, we, the viewer, have never seen that ever, ever, ever. Oh, I, I'm just Anywhere. saying. Yeah. That the main character the, just that dies a, That a main one. character, seemingly a main character, gets his... T- he seemed to be the main character. I was like, that's the protagonist. Well, but mostly because it was Sean Bean who's a noted actor, like a famous actor. If you think about it, there are plenty of people who share the same amount of screen time he was just the, but he felt the like figure. The good guy. He was the figurehead. But he also felt like the good and guy. And he felt like the protagonist. So that's yeah. why. The main he protagonist. Felt like, the, like, this is who we're rooting for. He's also involved in all the marketing. Like, he was the pictures that you saw. He was right. all the commercials. It was all Sean Bean. And, yeah. I, but, but looking back, 
it seems so much more plausible and so much less insane because he is literally one of like 50 characters that matter at this in oh, this yeah. show at this point. But there, the other people we care about really are his family. All the Starks, yeah. The Lannisters, who we've already decided are the bad guys. And then we have like... Got a Baratheon in uh, there. Khaleesi out there who were like... I don't really get it. I don't know why you're here, but it's a white chick out there and cool. You don't really matter in the whole story. You're interesting, but remember the whatever. point. There's, there's points in this show where people started complaining about the the Danny storyline altogether. Yeah, like we don't care about this bitch over there across the sea. Why? Well, just hold I on. I never to your felt ass, that dude. way. I always thought her story was interesting, but I there was were also p- there like, were points where people complained, where it got a little slower, where there'd be like yeah. a slow Khaleesi season, and people were like, ugh. Also, Why? this was the point that nobody knew her name was Daenerys and everyone just thought her name was Khaleesi. I, I, those were simpler times. Yeah. I really enjoyed being able to only call her Khaleesi. <laughs> now it's like Danny, Daenerys, Khaleesi. She has a 40 Mother of Dragons. Mother of Dragons. Breaker of Chains. Like, the Unburnt. Misa. I, li- I didn't even Misa. know. I didn't realize Misa. her name Misa. wasn't Khaleesi. Misa's my favorite. first several. Misa. <laughs> oh, God. That's it for this episode. This has been, uh, what? Do we have a call? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, y'all's voicemail thing just cut me off, which is kind of rude. Game of Thrones needs a lot of time to explain stuff sometimes, as y'all know. I don't really remember what I was saying, but to finish my thought, basically, yeah, it's revealed in the books that Joffrey's the one that tried to kill Bran with the dagger. Um, not Littlefinger, and I don't know if the show leaves that out just because it's too much backstory or what, but it makes more sense to me than Littlefinger doing it because Joffrey's a psychopath. Okay. So we don't even get to credit this caller because her first call went over two minutes and she was cut off. But for the record, our hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS and it is a two-minute limit. And really, if your call's over a minute, you should be hanging up quickly. Like, we don't don't want calls to take forever. So just keep that in mind. 866-43-CLAMS. Call our hotline, leave a message, try to be around a minute long if you can, or shorter if possible. But, yeah, she got cut off. Gr- thank you for the call. This is something that a lot of people have pointed out to us, and I just wanted to make sure we worked it in. So, okay, so I, I, I've read this in the past that Joffrey may have been the one to to do this. To hire the assassin to kill Bran. Um, and, um, like, uh, to impress Robert is, yes. like, the reasoning behind That's it. That's the reasoning in the book. But that doesn't... Where Joffrey get the dagger still is a que- is a question. I thought what I'd read is that this is like maybe alluded to, but not actually ever confirmed. I, I don't why know. is he killing? Why is he trying to kill well, Bran? Yeah, I don't feel that Robert would be impressed with that. He'd be like, "Bro, it's that's a, my boy's son." It's chalked up to a childhood misunderstanding. Like okay. he he has he believes to some reasoning that this would please his dad. Okay. Uh, I think the implication is that he stole the dagger from Tyrion. Who won it from Littlefinger? Because oh, he would okay. they live in the same place, travel together. You would clearly have access to the ja- to to stealing anything if you wanted huh. to. But yeah, so that's the whether it's an implication or or what exactly the book knowledge is, I do not recall uh, hmm. like because I'm worthless. But we got like 50 emails and phone calls about this. That okay. in the in the books, it is it is presented that Joffrey is in fact the one behind the cat's paw trying to murder Bran. That makes no sense to me. What also means that Littlefinger is telling the truth about losing the dagger? P- perhaps. I-, I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't really matter. It's not information that's presented to us in the book. Yeah. In the show. And, in the show, rather. And honestly, 
if we're just going off show knowledge, no, that shit was Littlefinger to me. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, th- I'm not changing my belief that Littlefinger was, in fact, responsible for the attempted murder of Bran right, right, at right, the behest right. of the Lannisters yeah. in order to get in closer with them. Yeah. Next call. Hi, Clam Fam. This is Lori. And I wanted to tell you something about Benjamin Stark and why he was in the Night's Watch. This all came from the tourney at Harrenhal, the same tourney where Rhaegar gave Lyanna the roses. After the tourney, there was a like a big feast, and Benjamin was there with all his family. And some guy from the Night's Watch, I don't know who, but some guy stood up and he gave like a really good speech about the Night's Watch. And Benjamin was all in from that day, and he decided he wanted to join join the Night's Watch. And he didn't join right away because he was the Stark in Winterfell during Robert's Rebellion. But as soon as Ned came back to Winterfell, Benjamin went to the Night's Watch. So just a little bit of history wanted to share. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too. Thank you for the explanation. Uh, what's interesting to me is that it, it <laughs> first, I, I love that the, this backstory and this information is out there and that it exists. <laughs> uh, second, it makes the Night's Watch sound like a pyramid scheme or <laughs> a multi-level marketing scheme or like Mary Kay or some shit. Like, what, there's just one guy from the Night's Watch out at every tourney. I love that we're calling it a tourney also instead of a tournament, but out at every tourney. He stands up and gives impassioned speeches to try to get other people to join him. Like, what is it? If you get X amount of people to join the Night's Watch under you, you get points, and somehow yeah. it's just bizarre to me. Yeah. But that's why Benjamin's in the Night's Watch. Here's the thing also. I feel like theoretically it used to be an honor back when it mattered. Probably Before it kind of fell apart a little, right, yeah. Probably once everybody, once everybody still believed Right. That the White Walkers are out there. It probably was an honor back in the day. And slowly over time, it just got like yeah, just less stock. But so that's probably why some people are acting like it's still an honor just because they've been told for a thousand years that it was, even though it's kind of bullshit now. Apparently, there is also a large contingency of people from upstanding, noble, well-known houses that if you like, for example, Ned was going to be Lord of Winterfell. Right. right, he was going to be the the warden of warden of the north or whatever. It kind of left a like Benjen had to figure out something to do for himself. He wasn't going to be the guy. He's younger. Yeah, but doesn't he just like live there? But apparently, that's a thing a lot of people did. Like, if you mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have a place or a, a a post or a position that required you to stay where you're from or work in the capital or whatever. A lot of guys would go take the black, and it seems so dumb. I feel presumably like you just in yeah. His I'm, I'm looking for this tweet that that somebody tweeted at me because they they also had, you know, part of uh, this explanation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Benjamin is with the watch because he was the youngest of three brothers, and Ned's line is secured in his kids. Right. So yeah, there's like so like just still, uh, just like Ross is saying, it's like there really wasn't. Like it was never going to be him or his kids as the warden of the north. Well, or the, I feel like I still pull a Prince so. Harry in that situation, and I'm like, I'm just going to chill here and party, and nobody has any expectations oh, of for me. Sure, yeah. I'm just going to live large. But he's not a piece like you. I'm just kidding. Oh. But no, okay. the The reason <laughs> oh, okay. the reason he goes, and the reason a lot of guys like him in his position went, is because you would essentially be set up to become Lord Commander. Okay. Like, 
Bingen would be the clear cut replacement for okay. whenever Mormont, Lord Commander Mormont, it becomes deceased or retires or whatever the hell you do. I don't know if you have to die to give up your yeah, post. Yeah, I think you do. But, but Bingen would have been the clear cut. Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe so, you just, and yeah. that's that's an extremely prestigious honor to be the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. You can any, step down from Lord Commander once you're like you know old and crotchety, like 82. Yeah, you can retire at 82. <laughs> But yeah, just anyway, don't. that's that. This has been, uh, what was this episode called? Lord Snow. Lord Snow. Episode three. We'll be back next Monday for episode four. That's exciting. Sure. We've got to love a good number four. An even number. Oh, yeah. The number between three and five. I sure do. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Follow us on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Call our hotline, 866-43-CLAMS. Go to GrandXShop.com slash OCC for shirts to support the podcast. Game of Thrones-themed shirts. Oysters, Clams, and Cockles-themed shirts. Join the Clam Fam. You're not officially part of us until we've taken some of your money, if I <laughs> remember correctly. I hear that to be the case. Uh, you can sure. also support this podcast by checking out manoutfitters.com or rowdygentleman.com if you want a good t-shirt. Great t-shirts and hats on rowdygentleman.com. Using the promo code DRAGON, Dragon, you get 10% off your entire order this week only. No, Dragon. not this week only, all the fucking time. Why does it say that? That's a well, lie. Well, it might leak. Don't leak it. Don't, Dragon. Don't leak it. Don't leak Dragon. Even though we never change it, and it's, we're never going to change it. One time it was Dragon 14 or something, wasn't it? Dragon, dragon 15. Dragon. It was Dragon 15. It's Dragon. Just regular Dragon now. Just one Dragon. If you're looking for a good sports podcast, I host another one. This is Ross. called Backdoor Cover. Please check it out. It's me and Dylan Shivery. It's also made here in the Grand X Studios. We talk about sports every Monday and Thursday. It's football season. There's plenty to talk about, especially with all the national anthem protests and things going on. Check that out. Again, we'll be back Monday. Follow Veronica on all social media. It's different on Snapchat. It's Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H, on Twitter and Instagram. VM Ruck. But VM on Ruck on Snapchat. I know, it's annoying. I tried to change it. You can't change your Snapchat handle. Did you know that? I did not. Yep. We have a Snapchat guy. I'll email him for you. At uh, WR Bolin is mine everywhere, all, form, all forms of social media. Barrett already left. Bye. So he can't we, He can't plug his. No, it's, it's Barrett Dudley on all forms of social media. Thank you. We'll see you Monday. Tell your friends about the night's rewatch. We're loving it. Having a good time with you guys so far. The more the merrier. We'll see you on Monday. Goodbye.